This is the Point of Drew Podcast. Good, Druthers. Uh, it's your boy B. It's Z. Uh, back in the studio, man. It feels good uh, to, to be here, and we got a great episode on the way today. Um, breaking down a full NBA preview. We got, we got a lot going on, and uh, pointed Drew expert, NBA expert Andrew Zahn is, is here to break it down. What's up, G? Yo, what's going on? I, I'm pumped to uh, to be ready to talk some hoops. Uh, it's a fun time of the year too for sports because we got NFL, you know. Uh, pretty getting deep into the season you've got the MLB playoffs going on um, basketball is just about to start so I'm pumped to break it down and then uh, pump for our, our special guest we've got on at the end of the show as well uh, so we got a good episode coming yeah returning guest uh, we'll save him him for last that yeah no spoilers um, no, no need to get in that further man I'm, I'm pumped uh, this is your time of the year this is your sport NBA it's back um, I'm, I'm stoked you're you're gonna unpack it all for us, and I, I'm really just pumped that you're you're willing to talk ball, talk hoop after after getting crossed at the park the other day like you did. I didn't want to bring it up on the air, but I figured we can we can just clear the air now. I don't want any truthers talking. Yeah, so I mean, don't feel bad for bringing it up because I did feel like it's something that I needed to publicly address and, and get out there. Um, we were playing hoops at, at the park the other day. Um, I was clearly the best player on the court, but uh, dude, this dude wearing full cargo pants got the ball at the end of the game, crossed me and hit the dagger game winner, step back three in my face, um, and it was pretty embarrassing. Uh, so I do feel like I just needed to kind of get that out there, let the people know, um, you know what happened, and just hear it from me rather than anywhere else. Hey man, I know it was a traumatic event, so I'm glad we can. Uh yeah, I already feel a weight lifted from my shoulders. <laughs> That's what it's all about, baby. You're very good, Drinkers. Uh, okay, well, we'll be right back. Uh, full NBA preview coming up after a word from our friends over at Shugsbane. Okay, Drinkers. Big news from our friends over at Shugs Bagels. Shugs After Hours is officially live. Yes, it's true. The Druther favorite, the mecca of bagels in the state of Texas, Shugs is opening a late night ghost kitchen concept that will operate on Thursdays, Fridays, and Saturdays from 6 p.m. to 2 a.m. They'll be serving up all their traditional breakfast and lunch favorites, in addition to a few late night classics. We're talking pizza bagels, mott sticks, even mac and cheese bites. Woo! <laughs> Not to mention a wide selection of bevies chock full of alcohol. This is not gonna be something any Druther will want to miss out on. Go pay him a visit. Visit Late Night at their location in Park City's Village just off of SMU campus. Shugs After Hours, open later than literally any other bagel shop in Texas. All right, let's get into it, Martin. I know uh, I'm pumped to talk about the NBA and I, I think really the best way we can set this up is First, let's just talk about some of the offseason moves, some of what went down this offseason, get people caught up on some of the trades and free agency moves. Um, and then let's start breaking down some of the tiers in each conference. We can kind of go through uh, 
you know, where teams actually stack up against each other in each conference. Um, and then before we have our guest on, uh, want us two to go through our uh, top league pass rankings of teams we'll be keeping an eye on this year. Um, but like I mentioned, want to start off with just talking about some of the biggest offseason moves. Um, so you want to walk us through some of those moves? Man, I thought I thought you were you were gonna be running point on 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 these moves. I do think it makes sense to uh, before we get into each of the tiers um, and what to look for and how the uh, the kind of playoff race will shape up. I think it makes sense to to start off with hey, where where are the new notable guys at um, that switch teams in the offseason? A little recap. Obviously, free agency was quite a few months ago, so um, we can start. I think the the most memorable one that I can think of. Uh, was Rudy Gobert in that albatross contract that Minnesota gave him, all the picks they gave up uh, to get him. But he is joining Anthony Edwards and co. in Minnesota. Um, They had a fun playoff run last year um, and reloaded with uh, potentially the defensive player of the year this year and uh, a force in the middle. Yeah, definitely. I think this is a huge move for Minnesota, and I think it's going to make them a really, really good regular season team. Um, I think it was a good trade overall for Minnesota. I think, you know, they gave up a ton, uh, but it might be worth it. I think the one thing I'm kind of looking forward to, to watching, keeping an eye on, is just trying to figure out how this impacts Carl uh, Anthony Towns, especially um, because it's going to kind of, you know, force him uh, to be a more versatile defender and probably defend out on the perimeter at times. I'm not sure if he's capable of that, so I, I do... Uh, want to see how this actually impacts cat but overall i think great move for minnesota and i think they're gonna be a really good regular season team wouldn't surprise me if they're in the top half of the western conference at the end of the season rudy gobert man he wins regular season games so that that would make sense just an anchor in the middle uh for a minnesota team that has not exactly been a, a defensive stopper uh for for most of the past few seasons so um, that's an interesting one. A couple, a couple other ones uh, that I want to hear about from your opinion on at least is um, two guards uh, who were notable offseason signings in, in this last free agency period. Um, they're going to, to uh, backcourts that already have what you could consider leader secondary guards. The first one, DeJounte Murray joining Trey Young in the Hawks. And the second one, my boy, Spida Donovan Mitchell uh, joining Darius Garland in Cleveland. Man, those are going to be fun to watch. Yeah, those are going to be really fun. Um, I think on the DeJounte Murray trade, I think it does a lot for Atlanta, actually. I think it it gives Atlanta another option for someone that can just run the offense at times, take a little bit of the burden off Trey Young. And I think it also gives Trey Young a bit of an out on defense, which is really needed for the Hawks team. Uh, DeJounte Murray is actually one of the best guard defenders in the league. Um, so being able to have him in the same backcourt as one of the worst guard defenders in the entire league, I think is actually a really helpful move from Atlanta. So I like that trade for the Hawks. Um, and excited to see what DeJounte Murray can do after coming off a, a, an all-star season last year. Um, so I like that move for Atlanta. And then uh, as far as the Donovan Mitchell trade, um, I, this is the one I'm not quite sold on. I'm not sure what it does for Cleveland um especially this season i think cleveland is obviously super young and fun with guys like darius garland you got evan mobley jared allen's awesome um i think all of those guys are i mean garland made an all-star game this past season Uh, i think mobley and jared allen both have all-star games in their future um 
So, you know, it's kind of shocking to say you're adding another solidified all-star in Donovan Mitchell, and I'm not excited about it. But uh, to be honest, I just don't know if this even makes Cleveland a team that's going to finish, you know, top four or five in the Eastern Conference. Uh, I still think they're kind of going to be more in that uh, bottom half of the playoffs or even maybe play in um, area at the end of the season. Makes sense. Well, people sleep on my boy Spida. Uh, I think I they think do. he's going to come out swinging. I think his defense is going to be better. He he can do it. It's just a matter of if he will. Um, so don't. I mean, we'll see. Well, don't sleep. But um, moving on. Before we move on, uh, who who is Dejounte Murray beefing with this summer? Apollo Banchero. Oh, right, yeah, he was going at the Rook. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, okay, so that one's a fun one to watch this season. I'm sure they'll meet up at some point. Um, a, cu- a couple other offseason moves, and, and these are, I think, linked or, or similar, um, as both of these guys could be potential six-man-of-the-year candidates. Uh, you got Malcolm Brogdon joining the Boston Celtics, likely coming off the bench for them. That's a good player joining an already good team. Uh, and then you got Christian Wood, uh, joining the Mavericks, staying in Texas, going from Houston to Dallas. Um, another good player, six-man, joining a good team. Um, what do you think about both of those moves? Yeah, so I think for uh, for Boston, it does help to add a guy who can just handle the ball, who's safe with the ball, um, can just run an offense, because I think that's something they, they've struggled with recently. Um, yeah, so I mean, <laughs> they really didn't have this guy, uh, you know, in the playoffs last year. They had a couple people that tried to, you know, fill those shoes. But really, Marcus Smart is their starting point guard. Um, and, you know, for, for all Marcus Smart can do on the defensive end, and he's actually become a better shooter, he can't really run an offense and be the, your main guy bringing the ball up the court. So I think adding a guy like Brogdon is going to be a good piece for him. Um, and then for Christian Wood... Um, you know, I really think this move to Dallas is probably his like real last shot to prove himself as a player. Um, he has tremendous upside offensively, but is just lazy and horrible defensively. Um, so, you know, he goes to a team that's really in need of a center. Um, the Mavericks really had no one, and I think he'll be able to run some pick and roll, um, be kind of a rim runner as well on the offensive side of the ball with Luka. Uh, it could be a really fun pairing. So I, I definitely would keep uh, keep an eye on him for uh, sixth man of the year. Would agree with the uh, the Christian Wood sentiment about him having one one kind of opportunity left at this point. I'm I'm definitely less optimistic about him than Brogdon, without question. Um, to wrap things up for the notable offseason moves, a couple other guys, PJ Tucker joining Philly. Jeremy Grant uh, joining your Portland Trailblazers. Anything to mention about those guys? No, I mean, two really, you know, hard-nosed, tough, defensive-minded players. Um, I'm really interested to see Jeremy Grant in Portland and what that actually can do for the Blazers. Um, As a a Blazers fan, I am uh, not going into this season with an optimistic uh, view. Uh, but I, I do want to see what Jeremy Grant can do and see if, you know, if he's able to continue some of the, the scoring and, um, you know, what he was doing in Detroit. Uh, I do think it could actually put the Blazers in a lot better position to make the playoffs than uh, they otherwise would have. So excited to see him there. And then P.J. Tucker, I think it's a, a perfect uh, pickup for Philly. I think he'll actually make a big difference and be able to play a big role for them. So I'm excited for that. And, um so let's switch gears a little bit, though. Before we get into the tiers, 
I've got seven players. Oh, God. I'm going to quiz you real quick. We'll see how you do out of seven. These are players that changed teams this offseason. You've got to tell me what team this player is now on. Uh, So does that make sense? Yeah, let's do it. All right, so first name on this list, Dante DiVincenzo. I know, he I know for? this. I'm excited about this one. He's playing for the Golden State Warriors. He is, yeah. We got to see a little bit of him last night, too. He got some solid minutes, but Dante DiVincenzo on the Warriors. How about this one? Andre Drummond. Oh, shit. He's played for so many teams. Um, does he play for the Lakers? He does not. He plays for the Bulls. Oh, God. There's no chance yeah. for that. Um, all right, next up, Contavious Caldwell Pope, KCP. KCP. Uh, he, was he part of that package that went to the Nuggets? He was, yeah. Nice. So he, he's in Denver now. I really like that move for Denver, actually. I, I really like that big. move for the Wizards. My boys, Monty Morris and Will Barton. Come on now. Yeah, well, all right, let's 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 skip ahead then. One of the names I've got on here, Will Barton. Yeah, you know, I, I was all over that trade, man. When, when Your you got brother. My, name, my brother in there. That's crazy. Uh, all right, so let's see. That that puts you at a three for four right now. Wow, three left. Three left. John Wall. Uh, I've played for the Clippers. Clippers, yep. All right, you're doing you're doing a lot better job than I thought. Um, <laughs> well, this is one we just mentioned, but Malcolm Brogdon. Oh, he's on the Celts. Yep. Oof. Wow, you're five of six right now. Drummond was just. Ate my lunch, man. There's no way I was getting that. Last one here, Kevin Herter. Oh God, your twin. Go? Uh, Herter, Herter, Herter. It's Reeves on the Lakers, but Herter, Herter gives me Reeves vibes. Um, because because he's white, I guess. Where did he go? Like Utah? No, that's not a bad guess though. He's in Sacramento. Oh, sack time. Yeah. I hope he balls out there. Yeah, I mean he's gonna get some playing time for sure. So, uh, pretty good overall. Five of seven from you. Hey, not bad. Hey, I'm not. I'm not as. Uh, I'm not as bad as as everyone says. All right. <laughs> all right. Well, let, let's move on and uh, try and break down some of these tiers. Let's do it. Um, we're gonna start on the east. Uh, that's. Generally, how I like to read uh, maps from east to west, particularly the U.S. Uh, map. So we're going to start on the east, Eastern Conference, um, and go through the tiers in, in a couple different categories. Uh, starting with tanking, uh, worst first. Then we'll get into uh, kind of hey fringe playoff teams, playoff teams, and then finally real, real title contenders. So um, in that in that order, let's let's get started. The, who are the teams tanking in the East? So I think there are two teams in the East that uh, that are going to be in the Victor Wimbayana sweepstakes, um, and that's going to be the Pacers and the Magic. I think both of these teams are, are going to be pretty bad this year. Um, I actually am really excited for some of uh, what we're going to see out of Orlando. I think Orlando actually is a team that could surprise some people, win some games. Uh, but with that said, we're talking like 32, 33 games. Uh, they're, they're definitely going to be at the, the very bottom of the Eastern Conference. Uh, I think there's a chance that the Pacers are the worst team in the league this year. Uh, I think they're probably in for some massive trades with guys like Miles Turner, Buddy Heald. It would shock me if those guys are still Pacers come January. Then you got the Magic as well. 
Yeah, Pacers and Magic. Right on. All right, moving on. Teams that um, probably not in the women Yama sweepstakes, but still um, may or may not make the, the play-in. Yeah, so I'm putting Detroit as the first team in this tier. I think they're pretty close to the, the tanking stage, but I think they're actually going to be a little bit better. I do think they have some exciting players like Cade. Um, I'm excited to see what Ivy can do as a rookie. And then they've got, got guys like uh, Sadiq Bay, who I actually really like, and uh, I'm excited to see how he develops. So I've got Detroit there. Um, I've got the Hornets in there as well. I think the Hornets are, are going to be pretty pitiful this year. I don't think uh, they're too exciting, honestly. I think LaMelo Ball is really the only bright spot they have in Charlotte right now. They've got a lot to figure out. Um, I've got Washington in this tier. I think the Wizards uh, just really don't have much other than Bradley Beal right now. Um, you know, Kuzma actually had a good season. Um, I still have a little bit of faith in Rui Hachimura, um, Denny Avija. I'm, I'm still kind of uh, have some upside for, but really other than that, I, I don't see them winning many games. Uh, and then rounding out this tier, I think probably the best team in this tier um, is going to be the Knicks. I still uh, don't know if the Knicks are even going to be able to grab a playoffs uh, or play in spot. Um, They've got a lot to, to figure out in New York, but uh, the Knicks actually, uh, you know, could be the best out of these four teams in this tier. Don't sleep on my boy R.J. Barrett. I got I got a big one uh, coming up, big take coming up later on him. Um, so you, Good. You, you guys will hear that. Uh, next tier, uh, this one's the largest uh, yeah. I can remember um, for the Eastern Conference at least and so these are generally playoff teams who, who do you have in this tier yeah so this tier I think especially in the Eastern Conference there are a ton of teams in this what I call the the in the mix tier that I'm really kind of just unsure of where they're going to end the season um, you know I already alluded to Cleveland kind of being this tier they could be a team that easily falls down to the play in tournament and even one of the the lower spots in the play in tourney um, just because of how many teams are actually in the mix right here in this tier so I've got Cleveland in there um, again Brooklyn's in there uh, Brooklyn again has this massive variance they could you know have the talent to go win a title or they could be like last year where we see them barely squeak out of the play-in tournament and then get swept in the first round. Um, you know, they, I could see them having a very similar season. Um, I've got Atlanta in this tier too. Uh, I'm just not sure what to expect out of Atlanta, but if anything, I, I see them being um, maybe one of the, the top spots in the play-in tournament, maybe being able to catch a, a six seed. Um, but I think Atlanta is another team that, I don't quite see finishing, you know, top half of the Eastern Conference playoffs. Um, and kind of similar story with Chicago. I think Chicago overachieved last year. Um, I think DeRozan surprised a lot of people that last year. Uh, but I expect them to fall a little bit. I see them probably going to the play-in tourney. Maybe, you know, getting the sixth seed again this season. Um, but I'm not expecting a ton out of Chicago, to be honest. I'm excited to see what Pat Williams can do. Um, I think he's an interesting name, but I've kind of lost faith in Vucevic working out in uh, Chicago. Um, so we'll see what ends up happening with them. Um, but then the last two teams in this tier, I've got the Miami Heat. Um, I think the Heat are going to be really solid again this year. I don't see them making an Eastern Conference Finals run. 
but they're, they're a solid team still. Uh, and I think they're going to be right there in the middle of the Eastern Conference playoffs, maybe in that 4-5 matchup. Um, and and kind of same thing with Toronto. Um, that's right where Toronto finished last season. I think Toronto uh, has a lot of you know exciting pieces still. I'm really excited to watch Scotty Barnes this year. Um, and I, I think uh, Toronto's probably headed back to like the 4-5 matchup, kind of somewhere in that range. So a lot of teams in the East that are kind of right in that middle tier um, where they're fighting for playoff spots. And, you know, I just named six teams all that are going to be fighting for, uh, you know, five playoff spots, assuming the three contenders I have uh, do make the playoffs. So uh, it's going to be really exciting to watch that crew in the East. Definitely a lot of question marks for the uh, three teams you mentioned, kind of smack dab in the middle of that tier. Uh, starting with Chicago, had such a good start to last season and really fell off. It's Are they going to be able to figure it out again and replicate that same early season success? Or are they just going to be, um, you know, a French playoff team? Atlanta, they've got such a high upside. They made the uh, Eastern Conference Finals just two seasons ago. But, um, you know, can they get back there with the likes of DeJounte Murray? Uh, that addition is interesting. And then Brooklyn, um, you know, probably the most puzzling out of any of these teams yeah. with the upside that they have, um, but just can they put it all together? So a lot of question marks there in the East. Um, but let's get to the teams that don't have a lot of question marks. The three contenders you have vying for the Eastern Conference title. Uh, let's go through them. Yeah, so I've got three teams here. Um, the three teams are Boston, Milwaukee, and Philly. Um, and I think these are the three best teams in the Eastern Conference. Uh, well, you know, I guess we'll start talking with, with Philly. So I think Philly is in a really interesting spot. I'm, I'm really excited to watch this team this year um, for a number of reasons. I think, one, this seems like, you know, Harden's last chance to really prove he's still like, like a, a real guy in this league, one of the, you know, top 15 players. I think if he has a, a flop of a season... Um, it's going to be tough for him moving forward. Um, and I could see Joel Embiid starting to get, uh, you know, a little bit upset, never having any playoff success. Uh, he's had two seasons in a row now where he, he really was one MVP, was right there, but didn't get the votes. Um, and I could see him having a, a similar season if they flame out in the playoffs. I could see him starting to get unhappy. Um, and then I really think this is the last chance for Doc Rivers with this team. I think if uh, Doc Rivers can't get this team, you know, deep, deep in the playoffs, uh, this is his last season with the Sixers. So I'm excited to see how that all shakes out. I think they're going to be a really interesting team to watch. Um, and then next up, let's go to Boston. Um, I think Boston's going to be really good. Um, obviously, some uh, some differences on the, the coaching staff now. Joe Mazzula, the new interim head coach for the Celtics, who will be taking over the season. Um but, I mean, the Celtics almost won the finals last year. Um, obviously, we're in the finals. Um, I think Jason Tatum, you know, is it's you can't really call him a sleeper for MVP, but I think he's a guy that uh, probably a lot of people aren't expecting to be an MVP caliber guy this year. Uh, I think he might be. I think he's going to be really good. And I think this is really the Celtics' chance to uh, just – confirm like reaffirm the idea with everybody that they can make Jalen and Jason work together that Marcus Smart is you know the guy they need on defense um yeah so I, I think the Celtics are gonna be really good be right there back at the top of the east 
Um, and then Milwaukee. I think Milwaukee actually is the best team in the Eastern Conference. Um, I think they are my pick to actually come out of the East. Um, I think Giannis is, is due to just come out and prove to everyone that he's still the best player in the league. I think Chris Middleton has a lot to prove. I think it hurt uh, Middleton to have to sit out in that playoff series against Boston last year. And I think Milwaukee really wants to come back out and prove, hey, we're still the best team in the East. The Celtics beat us last year when we were down and coming off a championship. Now we're back. We are, you know, the best team in the conference. So I think Milwaukee is going to be really good. All three definitely up there in terms of uh, what, what, where they're going to end at the – what their expectations are, I should say. Uh, starting with Philly, I love the narrative you mentioned. I didn't even think about it that way, but – they really are all in on this season. And Bede kind of run out of patience here. Doc, it's all on the line for him and Harden. Um, so lots of proof from that team. We'll see if they can get over the hump. The Celtics, uh, couldn't agree more uh, on them uh, in taking another step forward. We talked about Brogdon. They added him. He's an intriguing player. And then you got to think Tatum could take another half step. Rob Williams, I'm expecting to take another step, yeah. become a true elite rim defender. And so that makes that propels them even higher. And then um, the Bucks, man, I mean, who knows with them? They're 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 loaded, and, and they should be right there at the end. Yep, I'd agree with all of that. All right, let's hit the, uh, the let's work our way across the uh, the map to the Western Conference. Uh, we'll start with the tanking group. Who you got? Three teams in the tanking group uh, in the Wimbanyana sweepstakes in the Western Conference. Uh, we've got the Utah Jazz after trading everybody off. No Rudy, no Donovan Mitchell, um, no Bojan Bogdanovic even. Uh, they got rid of everyone except Jordan Clarkson. Who's he playing for now? Uh, Bogdanovich with the Pistons. Oh, I would not have gotten that one. Yeah, I went easy on you with yeah, that you quiz, really man. Um, but the, the, the Jazz are going to be horrible this year. Um, I, I mean, I, I think they're making no attempt to hide it either. They want to lose games. They want to, uh, you know, collect all these picks. They're kind of turning into the new OKC with how many coach? picks they have. Quinn's out. Who's your coach? Um, his name, oh, shoot. I can't think of his name right now. It's, um, I think keep it's, going, it's Justin, it Justin something. Um, so we've got uh, the Jazz in that bottom tier. We've got the Spurs in that tier as well, um, which is weird. We're so not used to seeing the Spurs in that bottom tier. Uh, but I think that's where they're going to be this year. Um, I, I just don't see a whole lot of upside with the Spurs. Um, and then lastly, OKC still remains in that bottom tier. Uh, I think OKC is going to actually start the season hot. I could see them winning some games and having a little bit of momentum, but... Um, come second half of the season, uh, we'll start to see some injuries go around. Uh, you know, who knows if Shea's going to stay happy through the whole season. Um, I could see OKC just really declining hard towards the end of the year. So uh, I think OKC definitely deserves to be in that bottom tier. You got to think OKC has to put it together and start winning at some point. Yeah, I, and I think they know that. I think now, though, they're going into a new season with their likely best player, Chet Holmgren, sidelined right. for the season. So why wouldn't why why waste a season and try and you know make the last spot in the play in just to lose and then get the twelfth pick? Right. Um, I, I just don't think that's you know the take they're going, especially with the amount of picks that they have. Yep. Utah coach, by the way, Will Hardy. 
Ah. Celts guy came in with Andrew must have brought him in. Interesting. We'll see how they're gonna lose a lot of games. Sorry, Will Hardy. Um, last in, first out. So these are the uh, the fringe. Hey, they may make the play and they may not. Who you got in this tier for the West? Um, so I actually have Houston moving out of that tank tier and into this tier. Let's go. Yeah, so I'm actually really excited to watch the Rockets this year. I think they've got a lot of young, fun guys that I'm I'm interested in watching. Kevin Porter Jr. just got a bag. Uh, he just got paid. I think Jalen Green is going to take another step forward this year. He played really well at the end of last season. I think he's going to um, be a big difference maker this year. Um, I'm excited to see Jabari Smith, too. I think Jabari Smith's going to be pretty solid. Um, I think he can play right away, too. And then um, I'm even excited to see Tari Eason out of LSU, uh, the, the Rook. I think, uh, I think he's going to be a really good defensive player. And actually, he balled out in preseason. He was averaging like 18 points per game or something in the preseason. So I, I think there's some excitement in Houston. Um, and I think they're a little bit better than they were last season. So uh wouldn't shock me if they, uh, you know, don't really deserve to be in that tanking tier. Um, the other two teams I have in this kind of last in, first out tier, teams that are probably on the outside but looking to sneak into a play-in spot are uh, Sacramento and Portland. Um, I think Sacramento actually is going to be uh, a little bit better this year. I think they probably do make the the play-in over Portland. Um, but th- there's still a lot to be figured out in Sacramento, and I'm nowhere near calling them a, a good team. Um, and then Portland, I think, is in this tier as well. I mean, you still have to have a ton of faith in Damian Lillard. I think he's going to come back and be awesome. But I think their defensive struggles remain, even though they've tried to patch them. I mean, you go get Jeremy Grant, um, and you know, hopefully that makes a big difference on the defensive end. Um, but I, I'm just not sure how much else they really have. You're going to rely on um, – Simons to come back and be one of your main scorers this season. Uh, you hope Josh Hart can solve a lot of problems defensively. Not sure about Yusuf Nurkic and if he's really you know the best option for Portland at, at center right now. Um, so I just don't see them being a team that's going to win a lot of games or be a, an easy shoe in for the playoffs. First off, on Houston, on Tari Eason, uh, Druthers, don't don't get it twisted, man. He profiles as this, you know, defensive wing stopper type player. But the dude can score the rock. I'm a homer. I watched him at LSU. But I think he's going to be competing on both ways as a rookie um, and a big part of that that Rockets rotation. So very excited for him. Um, And then you mentioned something. You mentioned Sacramento will make the play in over Portland, over your Portland Trailblazers. Sacramento does not have Damian Lillard or a player like him on their team. So talk me through how you can get there and say Sacramento will be more competitive and finish with a better record than a Portland team that's led by, you know, last time I checked, Dame's still there. Yeah, I mean, I just think the Blazers have all sorts of issues still. Um, And the Kings don't? I mean, the Kings do too. I just, I don't think either of these teams are all that great. Um, but we'll find out tonight. They actually play uh, both their first game opening, uh, opening the season against each other in Sacramento tonight. So maybe maybe tonight's game will decide who finishes ahead. What time's that tip? You think we can make it? Nine p.m. Uh, cent- Central. Damn. Yeah, we got we got by half. <laughs> let's we gotta we gotta rush through this pod then. Right. All right. Well, um, let's get to the next tier. Uh, this this team's the uh, this tier excuse me is is the in the mix tier teams that are safe playoff teams. 
So the worst team in this tier is the Lakers. Uh, the Lakers are going to be tough to watch. They've got no shooting. I think you have LeBron and AD and then a massive, massive drop-off until you find your third best player. Um, if you took LeBron and Anthony Davis off this team, you're looking at a tanking team. Um, I got really no faith in any of their supporting cast, unfortunately. Um, I think, you know, just ahead of them uh, is a team who actually kind of has a, a more optimism in the New Orleans Pelicans. I think the Pelicans finished last season strong. Um, they made some trades last year that I really liked. You brought in CJ McCollum. He's coming back. Uh, Brandon Ingram finished the season really strong last year and, and had some exciting moments in the playoffs or in the play-in at least. Um, and then, uh, I mean, especially in the playoffs actually against Phoenix. Uh, that was an exciting series. So I think New Orleans showed some hope. And then Zion coming back obviously makes a huge difference. Uh, I think Zion could be really dominant. Um, I think it might take him a, a little bit of time to just get back and play in shape, get, um, get caught up with the speed of the game. But really excited for Zion. Um, I think just uh, ahead of New Orleans is Phoenix. I think Phoenix is going to take a, a big step back this year. Um, I don't think Phoenix has any bench. I think losing Jay Crowder actually hurts. Um, on the bright side, I do think opening up probably a starting spot for Cam Johnson is going to be really good for his development. I could see Cam Johnson actually um, really being someone that's up there at the top of the most improved um, category this year. Uh, but in general, I see the the Suns probably falling from you know one seed two years ago, two seed last year to maybe like maybe the, the six or seven seed this coming season. Um, so I think they slide a little bit. Um, I think Minnesota actually is going to be a team, like I mentioned, that, that has a shot at finishing top half in the Eastern Conference playoffs. Uh, I think they're going to be a really good regular season team. Uh, I'm not sure how they'll fare in the playoffs, um, but I think they're a fun team, and I think Gobert makes a big difference, so I'm excited for them. Um, I think uh, Dallas probably finishes just ahead. Dallas could maybe be the four or the five seed again. Um, and, I mean, you just got to believe in Luka. Luka's insane. Um, probably goes into the season as someone that we could safely say is a top five player, maybe even top three, top two. Who knows? He's right there with, you know, Jokic and um, probably Giannis. Um, so he's exciting, and you just got to bank on him being awesome. Uh, but you lose Jalen Brunson, and I do think that hurts. Um, and then last of this in the mix tier, you got to throw Memphis in there. Uh, Memphis was really fun last year. They're going to be really fun again this year. They've got a lot of, of exciting pieces, obviously Jaw. Um, you got Desmond Bain in there as well. So I just like what Memphis has going on. I really like Taylor Jenkins, their coach as well. So um, Memphis probably at the very top of that in the mix tier. Really interesting tier. Going into this season, it was it was fun to see Memphis ascend. Like you've got teams like Golden State and Phoenix and Denver the past few seasons who are they're established, they're expected to be in that that top half of the the Western Conference. And then Memphis makes their big leap last year and gets I think the two seed. Um, you know, I think you're looking at a couple teams there like the Pelicans and the T Wolves, like you mentioned, that are those teams that are ascending that are, you know, ready to kind of make that leap. So I'm super excited to watch both the Pelicans and the T-Wolves and see 
uh, you know, what their ceiling is, especially in the regular season. I mean, I don't yeah. know if they're come playoff time going to be able to knock off some of those those heavyweights like a Golden State and a Denver, um, even the LA Clippers. But um, we'll see, man. I think they they could be fun regular season team. Yeah, and I mean, I agree. We almost saw both of those teams win a playoff series last year. Minnesota almost beat Memphis, mm-hmm. and New Orleans put up a hell of a fight against Phoenix. So, I mean, those are two teams that actually made noise in the playoffs or at least made some fun series. So, it uh, wouldn't, ex- wouldn't surprise me one bit if they're back doing the same thing again this year, but better. Right. It'd be on track for them to, to take that next step. Um, final tier, the contenders. you got three of them. Let's break it down. Yeah, so three contenders. Uh, I'll start here with uh, the Denver Nuggets. I think Denver actually belongs in this contender tier. I think Denver's going to be really good this year. I'm really excited to uh, see them br- bring back uh, you know, Michael Porter Jr., but uh, more importantly, Jamal Murray. I think uh, Jamal Murray has a lot to prove, and I think he's ready to go try and prove it. Um, you know, a lot of people you know, still don't buy his bubble games, and really if that's the type of player he is, I don't even buy it. But I'm excited to see if he can be 75% of that, 80% of that. Uh, and I think you pair 80% of his, you know, 55-point games in the bubble with the two-time back-to-back MVP, Jokic, and then some exciting, you know, pieces around them like Michael Porter Jr. You add KCP to that mix. Uh, I think Denver did some really good things this offseason. So uh, I think they deserve to be in that top tier in the West. Don't forget who's at the helm either. Yeah, your guy Bone. Yes, sir. Bone Malone and Bones Highland. Yes, sir. Sixth man of the year. Who yes, knows? Sir. Um, and then I've got the Clippers in that tier too. Uh, I think the Clippers might have the best coach in the league. I think Tyron Lue is that good. Um, I'm really excited to see Kawhi come back. I, I, I don't know what Kawhi is going to be like, but if Kawhi is Kawhi again, this team is absolutely one of the best teams in the NBA. Um, and that's a deep team. A lot of, of players on that team um, who, who are actually really good, um, you know, fits in that, that system they have in LA. Um, and then lastly in that tier, you've got Golden State. I think Golden State, uh, you know, might be the favorite to come out of the West. I haven't even really looked at the batting odds, but, uh, Golden State's going to be really good. And I think they're, they're in an interesting period where they are kind of trying to transition in some younger guys. Like we're going to see a lot less Andre Iguodala, um, and a lot more, you know, Jordan Poole and Jonathan Kaminga. I think Wiseman's going to play a lot this year as well. I think Moses Moody gets some minutes. Uh, so it's kind of an interesting period for Golden State. But, man, Steph, Clay, even Dre, I mean, th- those guys are just so good. I think Golden State uh, is going to be really, really good again this year and um, probably the best team in the Western Conference. Uh, but my pick to come out of the West is going to be the Clippers. Really? I'm going Clippers. Man, I uh, they got the talent. They do, but I'm just not sure. Like Kawhi, the guy, he, how mercurial he is. Can, you know, Paul, Paul George, we've seen him be the guy. We've seen him also be playoff P. Um, and then John Wall coming in there, you know, he's got a checkered pass as well. I, I'd just be wary of that team. I, I totally understand the pick and the rationale behind it. It's just... Those guys are in LA. A couple thing, couple, couple injuries. They're just all of a yeah. sudden out on the season. I could, I don't see them being as bought in as either of the other teams in that tier, like a Denver 
um, or a Golden State. Uh, just, I don't know, I think it's yeah, a personality I mean, thing. I, I see where you're going with that, but I do think, you know, even some of the guys you didn't name for the Clippers are huge pieces. I think Zubox really good. Reggie oh, Jackson. Re- Reggie Jackson's been awesome. And then you even guys, have guys off the bench like Norman Powell and Robert Covington. I think those are awesome players. Um, and I think you still got Marcus Morris there as well. Like, you've got a deep, deep bench. Um, and I just think the Clippers are good enough to, to do it this year. Did on Denver, is the last time we saw Jamal Murray the bubble? I feel like he's played since. No, he played it at the very beginning. Of but it, it, it's crazy how it does feel like that's the last. Because the last time I remember Jamal Murray, my last memory of him is on, on the court was that series against Utah and him and Mitchell going at it, throwing 50 pieces at each other left and right. Um, and if he can get back to that level, which you question it, I think a lot of people, you know, should rightfully question it. But whew, if he can get back there and the other pieces they've got there, um, you know, they're looking like a real contender for the first time in, in a couple seasons. Yeah, I think so too. So that wraps it up for the tiers. But w- wanted to move on, and we'll run through this pretty quickly. But let's hit our league pass rankings. Um, maybe just throw out like the the four or five teams you're most excited to watch going into this season. Yeah, gotta get gotta hit on league league pass before we get to our special special guest. Um, <laughs> but I'm gonna start off. I'll go one through five. I, I think that's the easiest way to do it. Yeah. Team I'm most excited to watch. Uh, pretty easy pick for me. It's gonna be my favorite team this season, the New Orleans Pelicans. Um, very excited for Zion coming back. Uh, I really missed him last season. I'm excited about what he can do this year, and then all the other pieces. Uh, Brandon Ingram taking a, yet another step. Herb Jones, my guy, for sure getting a jersey. Um, that guy's so much fun to watch. Uh, Larry Nance, pretty fun, pretty fun as well. It brings good energy. And then uh, they got the the Aussie, or he might be from New Zealand, Dyson Daniels um, as well. So I think that they're a super fun team that is primed to take a step this season. We saw them, you know, like you mentioned, almost knock off the Suns in the Western Conference playoffs last season uh, I just think they're going to be so fun to watch every time the Pels are on must watch TV for me um, next up another team in the Western Conference uh, this one barely nudged out my third place who are who's Oklahoma City Thunder uh, my second place is the Houston Rockets uh, and, and I, I know I, a lot of my teams are different than your teams I'm as you as you know, a big college hoops fan, so I'm I'm skewing a little bit towards the younger guys here, but uh, I'm really excited for Jalen Green. I think he's the swaggiest, maybe the swaggiest player in the NBA, at least of the young guys. I think um, he's a lot of fun to watch. Jabari too coming in there, not having to be you know one A can kind of be one B or two. I think that can yeah. work out really well for given his skill set. Um, Al, 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 excuse me, our guy, Alpi Shingun. Yes, sir. Uh, he, he's been a lot of fun to watch. He's got to make sure he gets in the weight room, gets the conditioning in, um, you know, stays off the, the junk food in the video games. As we know, he, uh, he's, he, he can, you know, get a little Kyler Murray on us from time to time. So we got to, we got to rein him in. And then we got, we talked about earlier, Tari Eason, going to be so fun. So Houston Rockets. Um, the Thunder, so many young, fun young pieces. I think they're a super interesting team, but no chat, so they get pushed back to, to three for me, but still um, so many fun so fun young players on that one. Um, then rounding it out, it's a couple teams from the East. The Cleveland Cavaliers, uh, I, did not watch, I did not watch really any of Evan Mobley last season. 
couple couple minutes here and there, but I'm I'm looking forward to a big you know he had a great rookie year, but big leap in year two even. Um, I think he's got a great chance to be defensive player of the year and take another step with his offensive game. So him and my boy Spida in the backcourt there, Garland, can, can be fun. Um, I like the Cavs. And then finally to round things out, I have the Detroit Pistons. Another fun backcourt. Uh, you got Cade Cunningham, who, similar to Mobley, I did not watch a lot of last season. Pistons sucked, and I think they're going to be a little bit more tolerable this year. Um, and then fun players, fun rookies, and uh, Jaden Ivey and Jalen Duran. Um, so I, I do think the Pistons are going to be watchable, um, and they have not been for some time. Yeah, I like this. I can tell you, too, I'm going to watch a ton of Houston Rockets hoops yes, this sir. year. I'm pumped for the Rockets, actually. Um, so I, I like those. Um, there's some good picks, too. I like those young teams. I think they're going to be fun. Um, I don't have any of those teams <laughs> in my league pass rankings. I kind of went in a different direction with it. Um, but for some reasons I already mentioned, uh, my number one team is Philly. I'm really interested to see what Philly can do. I'm really interested to see how they can kind of retool this offense. I think Tyrese Maxey is in for a big leap this season. Um, I think he's going to be really good. I think Harden is actually going to be a lot better than what we saw of him in Philly last year. Um, and he looked pretty good last night in the season opener. Um, and then Embiid, too. I think Embiid's got to be playing with a chip on his shoulder. Back-to-back -back seasons where he thought he should be the MVP um, and lost it to, to the other center in the Western Conference uh, in Jokic. And so I think he's really coming out kind of pissed off. Um, and I you know, mentioned Doc Rivers. This is probably his chance to prove it. Um, same with Tobias Harris. I know he got that fat check, um, but that money's going to be running out soon, and he's only got two years left to really prove that he deserves another contract because um, he was really shying away in, at the end of last season in the playoffs especially. So I'm excited for Philly, and, and I think despite all those concerns, they're going to come out and be a really, really good team this year. Um, so they're going to be fun to watch. Um, I think Memphis, I don't even have to talk about Memphis. Everyone knows that this Memphis team is fun as hell to watch. John Moran is must-see TV every night he's playing. Every time he touches the ball, you don't know what he's going to do. He's going to explode unlike anyone else in the league. Um, you know, for a guard, the way he can actually get up above the rim. Um, and then a lot of fun young pieces, too, uh, around him in Memphis. So, uh, I think they're definitely deserving to be at the top of my league pass rankings uh, list. Uh, number three here, I've got Minis or, uh, sorry, uh, the Clippers. Uh, I think the Los Angeles Clippers, uh, you know, especially when Kawhi's playing, are going to be a team I'm interested to tune into. Um, I think Minnesota is a team that's on my list as well. Uh, Anthony Edwards is so much fun to watch. Um, and then they've got guys like Jaden McDaniels, who I really like. Um, and I just think this Minnesota team is actually going to be really good in the regular season. Uh, I think Rudy Gobert is actually fun to watch defensively. Um, and I'm excited to kind of see how it affects Cat, like I mentioned earlier. So I'm going to be watching them. Um, then I have a tie for fifth between Orlando and Golden State. Um, Golden State, for obvious reasons, uh, I mean, Steph is just so much fun, especially when he's hot. It's Clay as well. Um, and I am kind of excited to see if there's any drama that unfolds on that team. Um, you know, after the, the whole Draymond, Jordan Poole situation, and then, like I mentioned, kind of the uh, ushering in of the young guys on that team. Uh, but then, like I mentioned, they're tied with Orlando. I think Orlando is uh, a team who actually is going to win some games this year. 
Um, I think they've got some really good young players in Franz Wagner. Um, I think Paolo is going to be really good right out the bat. Um, and then I really like some of the their guys that are a little bit older but more established, like uh, Wendell Carter. Um, but I think they have a lot to prove. So, like, I'm excited to see what Markel Fultz can do. Like, is Markel Fultz going to make it? Is he no. Is he going to be a guy that can actually play? We'll see. He's coming back from the injury. Uh, is Jalen Suggs going to turn around from his rookie year and actually be the guy who is, you know, the fifth overall pick? Because uh, he didn't prove that last year. Um, so I'm kind of excited to see how that all shakes out for him. So I'm going to be watching uh, a decent bit of Orlando Magic hoops as well. Man, I'm not super inspired by the backcourt of Jalen Suggs, Cole Anthony, uh, and then who who is the other guy you just mentioned? Uh, Markel Fultz. Markel, yeah. Oh, especially him. <laughs> you know, the, the, that trio is just like, oh. But uh, hey, our, our guest coming on, I think we'll we'll have a, a rebuttal to that. So we'll, we'll be interested to hear from him on his thoughts from the Magic. But I like that list, man. I Philly, we'll see. Uh, I'm not totally bought in on them. I do love Maxi, um, and then Minnesota and Memphis are. I agree. Some of those young, fun teams that are ascending with a, a really likable teams. I would say like Clippers. Not gonna, you know. I don't think they're super likable necessarily, um, but some of those other teams, man, it's gonna be a fun season. Absolutely. Well, let's cut it there for a sec. We'll take a quick break, and then we'll wrap things up um, with our special guest joining the pod. We'll be right back. Okay, Druthers, it is my honor to announce a special guest, to introduce a special guest, uh, self-proclaimed every man, woman, and animal's fantasy. Uh, he's an angel investor and in our sponsor, Shug's Bagels, uh, and one of my absolute homies, Mark Epstein. What's good, baby? That's right. What up, boys? All that stuff is factual, except... No, actually, all that's factual. That's all right. <laughs> you did forget to mention, though, Martin, uh, reigning point-of-view trivia champ. Yeah, um, absolutely. And I really don't want you guys to forget about that. Um, I consider myself still ranked power rankings number one. I'm definitely top three. I don't know who else is undefeated, but I am undefeated. Just let yeah. that be known. Wrecked Sievert in trivia. Sievert, Sievert's been trying to get back on and, and try and uh, run that back and, and see what happens. Would, do you want that smoke or not? Dude, I'm, I'm open to that any day of the week. And the one thing that I do remember, the craziest part about that whole trivia podcast, everything, was that Sievert, of all people, missed the Pampers question. Yeah. You guys remember back? Remind yeah. rewind that back. It's wild. I forgot. We got to rewind that one of these days, <laughs> yeah. man, and play it back because I'm, I'm shocked yeah. you missed that as well. Shocking. Yeah. yeah. That was crazy. Well, we're pumped to get you on the pod because we, we've got the NBA season tipping off, and uh, we knew you're the guy we need to give your takes on this upcoming season. And what we wanted to do was talk about some of the NBA awards. Um, so we can start running through those awards, get your take on each. Um, and I've got some picks as well. And I know, uh, Barton has some too. So 
Um, let's just start at the top and uh, let's start for, for the biggest award of the season. That's the MVP award. Um, so Epstein, kick, us, kick it off with uh, your MVP pick for this 22-23 NBA season. Yeah, no, for sure. I think it's going to be, um, you know, this is, I'll, I'll preface with this. I think if my, if my family's life depended on it, <laughs> I would take, I would take Luka Doncic. It's his turn. You know, he's been right up there every year. The Mavs are going to be better than ever. Um, and it's in the, the Mavs are going to be better than ever in the Luka era. Um, and the entire team right revolves around him. Um, and so I would say Luka, just hopefully, you know, his, his off-court issues don't distract him uh, this season. Yeah. I mean, I think Luca has got to be at the top of everyone's list. He, he could for sure win it. Um, I actually can go in a different direction. A guy who, who had a case to win it the past two years but didn't, um, and that's Joel Embiid. I'm really high on Philly. Um, they're my number one league pass team. They're a team I put in the uh, – the contenders here in the Eastern Conference earlier in the pod. Um, and I think a big reason of it is because Embiid is coming out to, you know, tear people's heads off, dominate this season, um, prove that, you know, it was a joke that he didn't win it the last two years. Uh, I thought Jokic was the right pick the last two years, but Embiid definitely doesn't. He wants to come get his this year. I think he's coming for it. Embiid, Luca, two respectable picks. Mine, I'm going a little bit of a different direction. Let me practice with uh, gun to mine in my family's head, me and my family's head. <laughs> I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to go. With, <laughs> do not get this wrong. <laughs> I'm going to go with uh, Giannis. I, I got yeah. to. Um, I just think I like Luca. I think he's going to score a lot of points this season, but I just think the Mavs aren't going to be good. You really need to be a, top tier regular season team and a dominant overall player. And I, I don't know if Luca and the Mavs are going to win enough games for him to truly have an, a good MVP case. Um, I also question his health, if he can re remain healthy throughout the year. A guy we know who's going to be durable and a guy who we know is going to win a lot of games and dominate. He still has a, a, another level to go in his game, and that's Giannis. And I think it all happens this year. And so he's he's my MVP. And as I prefaced, it's it's a big deal. Yeah, I really hope you're not wrong because, dang, that's actually, a lot uh, to, the, to lay on the line. I actually just copped today the uh, Giannis Immortality 2s. Oh, shoes. wow. Yeah, I'm going to be flexing at those in the, in the adult rec league, JCC league. You guys can come yep. watch me play in them. Yo, send, send, send us a, a pic of you hooping in those. We can throw it on a point of Drew IG. I will. I absolutely <laughs> will. Also, and I don't want to stick on MVP too long. Can I ask one question? Sure. So for my answer, I factored in, calculated into my answer. I'm basically saying I think, you know, Jokic, his stats are probably going to be MVP worthy again. I'm thinking also just from an optics perspective, the NBA is just not going to give it to Jokic. But I think he will, again, have the best stats this season. He's just yeah. a stat hog. He's an absolute hoss. On the, on the, <laughs> stat, on the uh, stat He line. is a stat hoss. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with you, though. I don't think he wins it again this year, even if he's deserving of it. I just don't think they're going three yeah. in a row. Okay. Happy yeah. we agree. Yeah, he should honestly take a breather on, on being such a stat hog and just chill this year. He's not going <laughs> to win it no matter what he does. <laughs> yeah, just take this year off, honestly. All right, let's let's uh, let's move on to DPOY. Uh, Epstein, who you got for Defensive Player of the Year? Yeah, I, I have a random kind of 
dark dark horse here. Let's go. Um, I'm going with uh, I like Scotty Barnes for this award. Oh, I think absolute high motor, high intensity. I think he embraces that role. I think he's got obviously he's got the game on offense too, so it's not like his identity. But I think he embraces the defense part. He's super aggressive. He wants it like that. Like you know, I'm thinking you know he comes out 1.5 blocks. I'm thinking like four four steals or so and like 10 boards and he's just super good on those like advanced defensive stats. I'm going Scotty Barnes. Hey, I like that. That's actually a, a fun pick there. I think, uh, I mean, the Raptors have some other really good defensive players like OG. Um, and I think it'd be crazy to see a player in his second season win DPOY. Um, I mean, it's possible Mobley's even at the top of that list this year too, as a second year guy, but, uh, I like that pick. I love Scotty Barnes. Love the Raptors. Um, I'm going with uh, Bam Adebayo. Uh, he's one of my favorite players to watch. Uh, I think this is the year he actually gets the award. Um, I think Gobert is probably going to be right there again, uh, and he's deserving of it. Giannis will probably cry, uh, but <laughs> but I like Bam. I think Bam's coming for it. I think he's going to be the best defensive player this year. Bam, he's been deser- close to deserving the last few seasons. So be be cool to see him get over the hump. And Epstein, I think um, I heard a rumor that Scotty Barnes is wants to go by Scott this year. Do you think that has any impact on uh, his his DPOI campaign? I, I think that actually helps him a lot. I think that makes him, you know, more – to me, when I think of someone named Scott, I'm thinking of someone that – I'm thinking of like a, like a Little League dad who's super aggressive. And I think a guy like that can – can bring a lot to the defensive defensive side of the ball. <laughs> Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. So Scott Barnes, we'll keep an eye on him uh, this season. I, I want a different direction where we're all over the place, and, and that, that, that's how it should be. My defensive player of the year, and I feel really good about this, not as good as going to my, my family's head. <laughs> but I, I do feel good about this one. I'm going with Rob, Robert Williams. Um, I, man, we saw him in the postseason last year, make, in that finals run, become an elite rim defender and I think he takes another step this this season and is the premier rim defender uh in the NBA I think he's going to lead the league in blocks I think he's going to win you know Celtics are going to win a lot of games they're going to be right up there with the Bucks as a one or two seed and um you know one of the better defenses in the league and I think Rob Williams is going to be their anchor and this is this is his award to lose in my opinion this season I uh, like that pick. I think I think he was kind of right there in the mix last year and kind of that like second tier, like with guys like Jaron Jackson, um, where, you know, they're young, maybe didn't quite have enough polish to their defensive game to win the award. But I, I think Williams could make a leap and, and get there this year. I like that pick. All right, I've seen most improved player. Who do you think winning, is winning most improved this season? Jaw won it last year. Uh, yeah which I thought was kind of crazy to give it to Jaw, but uh, interested to know who you've got winning this year. Yeah, it's a really weird award to try to predict, right? Like, yeah. it's really difficult to, like, think about, right? Because you don't want someone that's already super good, but also you want to pick someone that's, like, you know, has enough room to, to, to be able to improve enough. But also someone, you know, if you pick someone like Bull Bull, let's say Bull Bull went from zero points per game to, you know, 12 or 15 points a game, he's still probably not good enough to win MIP. Um, but to me, this it actually ended up being really easy once I really thought about it. Because I think the guy, this guy that I'm about to say, also has a chance to win MVP. And I think from like a betting perspective, he actually has the best odds 
for MVP. And I think that person is, if he doesn't win MVP, he's definitely going to win MIP. It's Zion Williamson. Yeah. Um, I think people are just absolutely snoring on Zion's stats from last year before he got hurt. Um, it's, it's wild. Uh, if you look at his stats, uh, it was, he was averaging 27, seven and four And the kicker, the absolute craziest part was it on 61% field goal percentage, which is just insane, right? It gets crazy. Yeah. Like he was dominating basketball and it looked effortless for him. If he comes out and barely does that, right. He's a sure win for MIP in my opinion. Um, but that's me. Yeah, I like that pick. And I, I think uh, I kind of like what you mentioned about the award, too. Like, I think uh, really there are guys that probably improve more than the winners of this award each year. Like, I thought Desmond Bain should have won it last year or, or possibly even Garland, Darius Garland. Uh, but it seems like the, this award always goes to someone who's already like a star but takes the leap into like all-star superstar tier. Like, we saw Jaw do it last year. Um, the year before, the, the award went to Brandon Ingram. Julius um, Randle. Or, yeah, Julius Randle actually took that leap. And then the year before was Brandon Ingram. Um, so it, it always kind of goes to someone who we think of as like, oh, that's a star. But then someone who, you know, really takes it to like all-star level. Julius Randle was even an all-star. Um, and then obviously, like in Morant's case, he went from like star to superstar probably. Um, so – I've got two names that I'm kind of looking at here. I think Tyrese Maxey is one um, who I think is going to make a huge leap, but I don't think he's going to quite make the the leap that's needed to win the award. I think he goes from, uh, you know, a player who we think of as having a high upside to a guy we think of as like a really solidified star. Uh, but I think the guy who's going to actually make the leap that wins this award is going to be Anthony Edwards. I think Anthony Edwards takes that leap from star, the guy we think of as a really good player, to the all-star, borderline, like, superstar type of level. Um, so I think he takes a big leap this year, and I think because of that, the specific leap he takes, he'll win this award. Anthony Edwards, it's a good pick. Um, I've, got a, I've got a similar pick, I would say. I think my guy has a little bit it's – it's a similar sentiment where – he has been noticed as regarded as as a good player, a star in this league, but has has a little bit more room than Anthony Edwards to improve into superstardom. And this is a little bit of a spicy pick, so no guns pointed at any heads for this one. Uh, my most improved player this upcoming season is R.J. Barrett. Uh, the New York nice. Knicks. I think, uh, man, he was his name was getting tossed around a lot this summer. Um, that if the Knicks were going to move him, and they had no interest, they really had no interest in moving him, which I think is a, a, a real vote of confidence for RJ Barrett. I think he's going to come this season with uh, a real ball handler and Jalen Brunson who can kind of run that offense, and, and RJ can be, you know, that two guard who you know he is just going to take over games and, and score down the stretch. And um, you know, I just think the way. The way things have worked out, that Knicks team is shipping out. I don't think they're going to be a terrific team by any means, but I think R.J. Barrett makes that leap, and he's going to be an all-star this season um, and, and win most improved player. I like that pick. I'm, a, I'm actually really excited for R.J. Barrett, uh, but I would say never pick a guy for most improved this season after they get their net, their new contract. Hey, he, he just got paid. He's not, he's not, he's not financially <laughs> motivated. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's move on into to six man of the year. Uh, Epstein, kick it off. Who is your six man? Yeah, six man of the year. I mean, to me, 
I was thinking about this the other day. I was like, who's going to win six man of the year? If he actually comes off the bench, um, I feel like Jordan Poole could be the best sixth man of all time. Right. Like, I, I don't even know who he would compete with stats wise from like an all t- even an all time perspective. Like he I, I see him averaging over 20 this year. Right. Like pretty smoothly. Um, wow. And, you know, you think about like Jason. Well, who, who, who do you compete with? Jason Terry, Lou Will. Yeah, um, will. You know, right. I think he actually has a chance to have from, from a stats perspective, be the best six man of all time this year. Yeah. That could be also considered a hot take. I don't know. No, I, th- I definitely think a lot of people are putting Poole at the top of the six-man list this year. I think it's the right pick, too, because uh, he's probably not going to start many games unless there's some sort of weird injury. Um, and I think he might be the most talented guy off of any team's bench. So I think that's a really solid pick. Uh, I've got two names I was looking at. Um, the, the first is Christian Wood. I actually think Christian Wood could make some noise for six-man this year uh, playing in Dallas. Um, just because he's going to have the stats. I think six man uh, really goes to, you know, what player has the most points per game off the bench. Wouldn't surprise me if Christian Wood is a 20 point per game guy off the bench. Um, he has no defense and I don't think he's all that great of a player, but he's going to have the stats. I think they could go to this award. Um, but my actual pick is going to be Tyler Hero to repeat a six man of the year. Um, I think Hero, uh, again, kind of is in that Jordan Poole class. Um, and I think he is just really solid overall, plays a really important role for that Heat team. Um, and even though he doesn't start, he kind of is one of their their main guys uh, that finishes games too. So I think Hero is in a good position to repeat six man of the year. Hero, good pick. Um, I, I'm going to – I like what you said about the winner of six man, six man of the year award usually is the guy who scores the most points, fills out the stat sheet. And, and that's why I'm going to take Malcolm Brogdon, um, not because he's a stat hog like our boy Jokic, <laughs> but um, mostly because I think he's going to play a ton of minutes for a really good team and, and have a huge impact. Um, we talked about this earlier in the show, but Celtics did not have that kind of secondary true ball handler who can kind of step in and run the offense when, when Tatum needs a little bit of a breather. And, and that's going to be Malcolm Brogdon for this team, the Celtics team this year. And, and I think in his career too, I mean, he started off super hot. I think he won rookie of the year uh, with, with yeah. uh, whoever he was with Pacers, I think. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, has since been traded and you know, hasn't really, you know, has lost a lot of momentum. So I think this is his year to come back and, and be that guy. It really took a lot out of me to not pick my boy, Bones Highland. I yeah. want to give him a shout. I think he's the swaggiest six man this year, but I'm going with Brogdon as, as my six man of the year. Yeah, I like that pick. Uh, I think Brogdon's going to be really solid, too. So we got uh, Jordan Poole, Tyler Hero, and Brogdon for six-man. Um, two more of these. Let's go with uh, Rookie of the Year first. seen who's your Rookie of the Year pick? So this one should be pretty obvious. It's my my new Lord and Savior, PP, <laughs> uh, Paolo Banquero. Um and I'll, I'll, I'll tell you why, and I'll also tell you why he's the right pick. Should be, should be pretty obvious by now he's the right pick, um, even though I didn't think he was on draft night. Uh, but people, people sleep first off on how big the dude is. Yeah. He's literally 6'10", 250. So, right, like he's 18, 19 years old, and he's bigger or, you know, as big as or bigger than LeBron, right? Like he's literally a gigantic dude. Um, so he can play down low, whatever. He also has a great shot, great form. Um, like he's a legit good shooter. 
Um, and then lastly, which I think is the biggest piece, is he's not stiff at all, right? He's not just like a 3 and D guy. He literally moves like a guard already at his age and his size and his shooting form, which is all so rare. And all that stuff kind of culminating together. He's NBA ready. He was the most NBA ready out of the draft class. Like he's going to immediately start. I think I haven't looked up what his stats are he's playing right now. But right the last time I looked, he already had 10 points and it was halftime. Um, so I'm, you know, just I'm pumped about him. I'm pretty sure he's going to win rookie of the year. That's my pick, my lord and savior, Paolo. <laughs> <laughs> I'm riding with you, man. I got Paolo as well. I think Paolo is going to be the best rookie this year. Um, I do think Keegan Murray can give him a run for his money. I think Keegan Murray is going to be really fun in Sacramento. Uh, but I think Paolo's the guy. I think Paolo's actually going to elevate this Magic team to be a little bit better than what people are expecting. Uh, I think they actually win a solid number of games this year, and I think he's a big reason why. So I'm pumped for Paolo. I think he's the right pick for Rookie of the Year. Yeah, I'll actually I'll clarify really quick, just just so the, the listeners know. I'm not just saying Paolo Bancaro is my lord and savior randomly. I'm, I'm a lifelong huge Magic fan. I don't know if we said that at the beginning of the pod, but uh, just, just to clarify that, I'm not just randomly <laughs> saying that. <laughs> that is, that is helpful context. <laughs> if you weren't a Magic fan, that would be interesting. That would be super <laughs> weird, yeah. <laughs> Paolo Bancaro, I think it's a smart pick. It's not my pick. It's not the right pick. I'm, go- I'm going a different direction. I'm going with my Lord and Savior. <laughs> <laughs> no, not my Lord and Savior, but my boy, Dick Mothering of the, oh, <laughs> no. of the Indiana Pacers. Uh, we saw this guy at Arizona. He's a fucking dog, and he's going to be on a really bad team this season, putting up a ton of stats, playing with the chip on his shoulder, playing in a super fun backcourt with a, uh, an elite distributor uh, in Tyrese Halbert. And I think he's just going get to get a lot of looks, and, and the keys are going to be his. No pressure. They're not going to win any games. There's no expectation. And Dick Mothern is going to go put the team on his back this season, <laughs> put up 20, 25, 26 a game as a rookie. <laughs> Uh, and, and take home rookie of the year. Yeah, we might get 26 a game out of them. That would be crazy. Um, so good pick there uh, for your Lord and Savior. Uh, let's wrap up these awards here. Last one. Let's go coach of the year. Epstein, who you got? Coach of the year. Your, your Lord and Savior, Mosley? <laughs> no, he is also my Lord and Savior, though. Uh, we'll see how he does this season. But, yeah, Mosley is my Lord and Savior. But, no, not coach of the year. Coach of the year goes to is going to go to Willie Green, the Pelicans. I think nice. his that roster is going to make him look like a genius. And I think having a guy like CJ McCollum on the court, who's basically like a coach on the floor, is going to make them look really good. And with the roster at Zion, Zion Valanciunas, CJ McCollum, Herb, uh, whoever else they have, I mean, they're 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 loaded with talent. Um, and I think it's going to make them look really good. And I think he's going to be coach of the year. Yeah, I like that pick. I really like Willie Green. He had an awesome season last year, uh, and I, which actually really surprised me too. So I, I'm uh, super high on uh, him this year too. Uh, but I think the two names I'm looking at for Coach of the Year, uh, I think Chris Finch is going to be in that with Minnesota. Uh, I think Minnesota, I've said a couple times already on the pod, but I think they're going to be a really good regular season team. I think they're going to win a lot of regular season games. It wouldn't shock me if they're like the four seed or five seed. Uh, at the end of the regular season. Um, and I think, you know, if he gets that team there and figures out how to work Cat and Go Bear together, um, that could be a team that, uh, you know, gets their coach that award. 
but I think the actual winner I'm going to go with is Ty Lue. I think Tyron Lue is maybe the best coach in the league. And I think the Clippers are going to be really, really good this year. And I think uh, Lou's going to be deserving of it. You know, that's the guy that got stepped over by AI, right? Yeah, I'm aware. Ty Lue. (laughs) That's why he had to stop playing. That's why he took his talents to coaching. Exactly. Interesting. Well, uh, I guess drum roll, please, to round out the NBA, the point of Drew NBA preseason awards prediction show my coach of the year will be Ime Udoka no, <laughs> not, not actually not actually um I am going to go with the coach that's actually eligible to coach this season uh my guy Bone Malone uh I think that team Jamal Murray coming back they're going to win a lot of games and I mean I'm not I'm not picking away from anyone but him yeah I mean I think that's a good pick I think Denver's gonna be really good too um so could be could be your guy bone. Yep. Well, that's gonna wrap it for the awards. Uh, before we get out of here, we we need to hear a couple hot takes from our special guest Epstein. Um, I want to hear your two hottest takes you've got going into this NBA season. Yeah. So uh, I would say my one my hottest take that I have. I'm gonna do. I'll do one hot take, one magic hot take. Um, so my hottest take this season is Pelicans winning the West. Oh, oh man, that is yeah. a hot take. That's crazy. Yep. I think In- Ingr- uh, Brandon Ingram is going to step into like Kobe mode. I think Zion's going to win MIP, like MVP candidate. And then they have CJ McCollum as the floor general and Valanciunas and Herb Jones kind of, or is that his last name? Jones? Yeah. Uh, rounding out their starting five, like I think they're going to be super, super legit. They're going to cause problems in the West, especially in the playoffs. I think they're going to be hard to deal with. Damn, I, that's a crazy take. That is a hot take, but I like it. I like it. And uh, that's a scorcher. Yeah, that yeah. is. All right, well, well, let's hear your magic take. So, magic take. I think my magic hot take, and obviously, I want to be positive about the magic. I do think that they're going to be better than people think. I think they're going to win, beat their win total. With, you know, all this Wembenyama and, and Scoot Henderson drama, I don't know if they're going to rest guys. I don't know what they're what they're going to do. Um, but I would say if we went full bore, even with just the roster that I know is, is going to play, like the core, I think the magic will be the Cleveland Cavaliers of last season, right? I think they're going to be the young, exciting team that actually sneaks, potentially sneaks into the playoffs, maybe play in game. And that's if we, we go full bore with the roster that we have, we go full throttle instead of kind of, you know, resting guys and playing weird lineups and experimenting. I think if we went, we went full throttle, we'll, we'll be in that. Um, we'll be in that conversation. And if you think about it, there's some similarities, right? You have Jared Allen, um, kind of Darius Garland and Mobley. I see our core like that is, is Franz, Paolo and, um, uh, WCJ, Wendell Carter Jr., who I think is the best contract in the league. Franz yeah. take another step up. He's a top five rookie last year, and he's going to get even better this year. And then Paolo, who I think is going to be rookie of the year. Yeah, I love that take, man. I actually do agree that the, the Magic are going to be a lot better than people think. So every year the past couple of seasons, I've taken one NBA uh, win over under um, preseason. I've got it right the last three years. Um, last year was, was Minnesota. Um, this year, my money's on the Orlando Magic. I already put it down. Uh, I got it at 26 and a half. I think this is a team that wins 30 plus games. 
I know that's nothing right. to get like too crazy about, uh, but but I do think they're going to be better than like their win total. I think they actually are going to have some exciting pieces. I agree with Wendell Carter Jr. He's one of my favorite, like kind of under the radar players. Uh, and I think he's kind of proving that uh, the Magic absolutely dominated that Vucevic trade to uh, with the Bulls. Oh, yeah. Um, so I, I really like that. I think the Magic are good. Um, Bard, you got any any hot takes? I've got one. All right, let's I'll hear give it. You, I'll give you one for the price of two. How about that? <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my take is that uh, Ben Simmons, our, our friend Ben Simmons, will be out of the NBA after wow. this season. He wow. will no longer have a spot in the league um, after just one more season. So um, I don't know if he makes it through the year at the Brooklyn Nets, if he's on another team before the end of the season. But by the end of this season – um, it's all said and done. Ben Simmons will be out of the league for good. Wow, man! That's uh, wild. Yeah, That's wild, wild take. Sporty boy. Man, that might be a good good way to cut it after that. Uh, so we'll we'll wrap Mike things drop. up here. Mike drop in the show. Fuck you, Simmons. <laughs> Simmons is gone. <laughs> but uh, we'll wrap it there, man. Epstein, thanks for joining. Thanks for uh, you know shedding some light, putting some attention to the magic. Because uh, we need the truthers watching the magic this year. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'm rocking the Bull Bull jersey. Bull Bull is a player to watch there, too. Um, Got to give him a shout out. And, of course, last lastly, just shout out again to my Lord and Savior, Paolo Vaccaro. Uh, <laughs> love, yeah. love that guy. <laughs> Awesome. Well, that's going to wrap it. Another good episode. NBA season tipped off last night. I think like pretty much every team's playing tonight. Uh, so we're into it. We still got NFL going on, MLB playoffs, and now basketball is in the mix. So uh, lots to look forward to. And Point of Drew will be covering it all. And you know we'll be back soon. Yeah, Epstein, thanks for coming on, brother. Uh, Druthers, stay real. And, and Ben Simmons, we'll catch you down under, mate. <laughs> Keep it real truthers. Peace. Peace. <laughs>